This is a disclaimer that while discussing this case, we present a lot of our opinions, and our opinions are just that, opinions. They are not facts. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Ectoplasm and Evil. Ectoplasm and Evil, let's go. Here we are, another week. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck else to say. <laughs> <laughs> we made it another week. We made it another week. Listen, this is a big deal this week for me because I fucked up my back on the leg press. That's right. You threw your back out. <laughs> I did. Finally having old people problems. Yeah, which is like jacked up. This has happened to me once before last year. I forgot how just how awful and debilitating it is when your back seizes up like that. You literally just can't bend. I was just lying on the couch. <laughs> for days yeah it was terrible it was pretty bad but you know we're here now went to the chiropractor used tiger bomb took some advil and i feel like i'm at like 90 percent now almost there almost there it's just that last leg who would have thought though you know yep just, just one rep on the leg press made all the difference <laughs> it did my body literally told me please don't do this we're done and i said fuck you I don't know for who, like... And now you paid the price. I paid the price. So moral of the story, listen to your body. If it tells you it's not in the mood to do it today, just don't fucking do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Listen, because it took me out for four days. I couldn't go to the gym. That's right. You think you're going to squeeze out that one last rep, but it could put you behind <laughs> lots of reps. Because <laughs> if you got to stay out of the gym, yeah, then, you know, what was it worth? It wasn't worth that it. That one last rep is not really doing much for you. It did literally nothing. Except, it, except throughout your back. Yeah, it did the opposite of nothing where yeah. it fucked me up completely. But, you know, this is a PSA. You know, we're not professionals. But be aware that the leg press can be dangerous for your back. It's a compromising position for your back. So you need to make sure that you're bracing your core. Yes. There's different leg presses out there at different angles. So some are more dangerous than others. Yeah. But you need to make sure that you warm up properly. Yeah. That you're bracing your core. I don't think the leg press is the place to like push no it's definitely not in my humble opinion learn my lesson there right yeah even you know a squat is a little bit more like okay you get in the hole you can kind of take a second to brace yourself right and really like dig deep engage the posterior chain yeah yeah and, yeah. and come up but on the leg press because you're you're forced into a certain position yeah that you can't get out of then it, you know the bottom of the rep you think that you're really engaging and maybe Maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe you're not. Maybe you're engaging the wrong fucking thing. Right, yeah. I felt and like heard a pop. And That's then immediately, <laughs> immediately, it was just like stiffness, seizing, and pain. And I was like, I'll be damned if we got to call an ambulance here. I'm limping the fuck out of this I got a frantic gym. text. I was, <laughs> I was on a treadmill and I got a frantic text that was like, oh, my back is all fucked up. Can you come help me unload my leg press? I didn't know what to expect when I got there. Yeah, I mean, we needed to re-rack. I'm not going to be an inconsiderate bitch. Yeah, no, that was good of you. <laughs> After four days, I'm at 90%. So if you do ever throw your back out, I'd say some Tiger Bomb, some Advil, and a chiropractor who actually knows what they're doing. Yeah, that's, that's imp- the way to go. That's important. You definitely don't want to go to some someone who doesn't know what they're doing because then quack. you can end up... Yeah. A chiropractor. <laughs> You could end up worse off than you were before. Yeah, that story we saw on TikTok of that girl that got paralyzed. Fuck that. Yeah. Don't got time for that. Yeah, you don't want that. No. In other news, Olo is free roaming now. Yeah, Olo's free roaming. The surgery on his left leg is 
pretty much good to go. There yeah. was a slight complication in the healing process. I forgot if we talked about it on the podcast or not, but there was a slight complication on the healing process, but it seems to have pretty much resolved itself. Yeah, he's using the leg. The, the vet said that even though it didn't necessarily heal as perfectly as he would have liked because of his like genetically deformed quad muscles and other technical jargon, that it's w- it's way better than it was before and he'll be able to live a perfectly normal life with it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you can just vi- you can see that he's using the leg in a way that he wasn't at all before. Yeah, and now unfortunately the right leg. The right leg's all <laughs> fucked up and the difference between the two is stark, especially yeah. when you pick him up, you can see the the left leg that got the surgery kind of like hanging down straight and the right leg being very, very twisted. And you can see it even when he sits, tries to sit down and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's really sad. So the right leg currently is where the left leg was pre-surgery. It might be just a hair better, but right, it got worse with time. It got it was... worse with time. Well, that's, I mean, we were pretty much prepared for that. Yeah, we were. So he's got until July. He's, yeah. he's getting his second surgery in July. So that's, I wish he could have had a little bit more time in between surgeries to just kind of live his life. But unfortunately... The situation is what it is. In the good news, though, I mean... He'll heal up. Wh- what was that process? Like eight weeks? It was eight weeks, yeah. And that was like the more complicated So eight, eight weeks is two months. Yeah, that's yeah, whatever. So two he, quick months. He gets, it, he gets it in July, August, September. He's good to go. He's good in time for spooky season. Good in time for spooky season. We'll take our boy to the pumpkin patch. Let's go. <laughs> we can take him to Scooter's favorite pumpkin patch. Scooter was our first dog. We talked about him on last episode. Yep. We definitely will take him to Scoots' pumpkin patch. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Unlike Scoots, though, we're not going to let him sit on a pumpkin because this guy's legs are too long and he's going to slip right off. He's crazy. He slip has no right fear. Off. He's just going to jump right, right off and then break his legs. <laughs> yeah, well, nobody wants that for yeah, a while. Yeah, that's just what he's going to do, yeah. Yeah. We're another episode into All Grown Up Psych 2. I don't know if y'all are keeping up with that, but that's a really fun All podcast. All Grown Up Psych. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's, that's been mad fun, yo. I mean, I got four episodes up right yeah. now. Yeah. Jim Jenkins. Alisa Reyes, Swampy Marsh, and Phil Rosenthal. Phil, I mean, they're all amazing. Everyone did a great job. Phil Rosenthal is just like one of my favorite episodes, though, because he just has so many cool stories. Yeah, yeah. That's a guy that's definitely got amazing stories and just such a good person. Yeah. Such a warm person. That was the only one that I recorded in person, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think you're right, as of right now. Phil very nicely invited me to his home to record. Mm-hmm. So that was a really cool experience. Yeah, I highly recommend you check out that podcast. It's very, very good. I highly recommend the same. <laughs> yeah, so uh, All Grown Up Psych comes out every Monday. Yeah, All Grown Up Psych drops on Mondays. Ectoplasm and Evil drops on Thursdays. So we got your week pretty much covered for yeah. you. you know? We got your entertainment for the week. You ain't even got to look any further. Yeah. One, one stop shop. Exactly. And you know they're I mean? two different genres. So, you know. Right. One will make you happy and the other one will <laughs> scare you in, you know, into not wanting to do anything or go anywhere. And then you can refresh. Then you can refresh. Yeah. So you kind of an emotional roller coaster for you every week. <laughs> that's yeah. That's just what we do. Yep. Yep. Okay, so without further ado, let's talk about the murder of Sheena Bora. All the information I have on this case is via different articles written by Arvind Balakrishnan for Medium, The Statesman, The Hindu, an article by Sudeshna Singh for Republic World, NDTV, articles in the Indian Express, 
India Today, an article by Smitha TK for The Quint, an article by Sukriti Duvedi, edited by Deepshika Ghosh for NDTV, The National Herald India, an article by Kayam for the Sayasat Daily, and an article written by Ishika Yadav and edited by Chandra Shekhar Srinivasan for the Hindustan Times. Mad sources for this one. A lot of sources for this one. This one actually confused me quite a bit, so I wanted to make sure I could get something cohesive going wow yeah yeah a lot of different sources amazing sources thank you to all the writers and journalists who put their heart and soul into documenting this case did you cite them in mla style i did not (laughs) that's fucked up i expect in the podcast description when it comes up on spotify (laughs) apple music to see your sources cited in mla style damn mla format you remember that (laughs) dude i do i fucking hated that yeah the works cited page yeah dude. and they would take off points yeah yeah that's so that's one of those things that's i'm sorry if you're if you care about that but that's fucking stupid i mean as a kid you know i don't give a shit yeah like i I mean it's not stupid to cite your sources agreed it's stupid to care about the format being so rigid yeah like yo if you didn't put this shit in fucking italics and put the comma (laughs) over here and the fucking quote marks over here it's like bro yeah i got this from a book by this dude like you know exactly. what I, mean? like, I got it from an article by this person you know what i'm saying like i'm in sixth grade bro or whatever the fuck it yeah, was like what type of this. shit they forcing kids to <laughs> just have to worry about i mean that was stressful it was, that was some stressful fucking shit right there shit it was too much yeah. it was too much i remember weren't there two formats there was also the one that like took up half your page because you had to put it at the bottom of each there, page there were two i don't remember the name of the competing format but MLA was one. Yeah. In fact, I don't even remember for sure if MLA was the one <laughs> was the one with the work cited. Maybe MLA is the other one, like with the separate page yeah, or, yeah, or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I think I had to use both at various times in college. I probably had professors that were like use you know use this one. Yeah, or, yeah. There were like wars yeah. over which format eventually, you had to use. Eventually, they came out with sites that would like do it for Dude, you. Dude, yes. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Not. I don't think not while we were in either, you know, middle or high school. Yeah. Or, or definitely not elementary school, middle or high school. Maybe by the end of high school. I don't know. I have a vague recollection of using it once. Yeah. I used it a lot in college for sure. Maybe it was college. But I'm trying to remember if I if we had that privilege in, in high school or if it existed in high school. I don't know if we knew about it or, or what the deal was but yeah that made things a lot easier i'm sure these days you know kids don't have trouble with it because there's sites that are probably better than that one that can definitely that can hook you up they probably just ask chat gpt to do it for you yeah could do anything for you could write your whole fucking essay for you at this point no seriously man yeah y'all don't know how easy you have it i'm telling you man chat gpt writing your essays <laughs> all about yeah how it. are you gonna check that for plagiarism you're probably not oh damn you know what I mean? When you, when you put it into... What was that software you used to run it through? You remember that? Fuck, I do. Yeah, where yeah. they would run your like papers through. It was like checkmywork.com or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot what it was. But there was some software that would like scour the rest of the internet and every book ever written to see if you had plagiarized your shit. I don't know if we want to say this on the podcast, but remember the one time you plagiarized your shit? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I remember. Yeah, I don't care. I, it, <laughs> I, listen, I, that case was tried and acquitted. <laughs> And it wasn't a, this is, this is not going to the court of law. I'm talking about trying to acquit it in a university administrative hearing. Yeah. <laughs> Double uh, jeopardy, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I copped a plea <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the term would be for that. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that was freshman year of college. 
Yeah. And it was an English class. It was the first essay that was assigned to me in college. And I had this big idea right. that when I got to college, I was just going to sail through by paying people to write <laughs> yes. my papers. I was like, yo, this is going to be so easy. I don't have to write anything. I'm just going to pay motherfuckers online yeah, yeah. to write my papers. Uh-huh. And the first time I ever did it, my dumbass did not check that what I paid for was indeed an original paper. Oof. So somebody played me hard, right? How much I, did you pay? Like 60 bucks. God, and, and robbery. I, for a college student, that was a lot of money. Yeah, it is you a know, lot of it's money. It's a lot of money regardless. Yeah. But I mean, especially for a freshman in college, 60 bucks is like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, shelled out my 60 bucks via PayPal or whatever to some site right. that was just like writemyessay.com type of thing or whatever it was. You know, it was somebody that was obviously in another country that could never be prosecuted for this right for the scam that they were running yeah and yeah my dumbass did not check it i was just i was just so thrilled i was hoisted by my own petard <laughs> right i was i was still 17 years old yeah you know what i mean I, had, I was not even 18 years old yet you didn't know how to dispute your credit card yet right i did not know even how to know to, to do that yet dispute yeah you to charge not the whole credit card sorry yeah but yeah so I, that like that's how stupid i was you know what i mean 17 I mean, years old so kids. like yeah, exactly. So, you know, I turned in my paper and I'm I'm sailing high. I'm like, yo, this is lit, bro. I, didn't I even, did it. it. I did it. Then all of a sudden, a uh, professor asked to see me in his office. Was it like a call, an email? I think it was an email. It was either an email or, or it was like a, you know, in class, like, hey, man, like, you know, can you pop into office hours? But I, right. but I think it was an email. And then I went over. And so when I went, he basically was like, he handed me my essay and then he handed me a printout of like the, the article that it was like word for word plagiarized from. Oh my from. God, and so then he, extra. And then he was like, <laughs> you know, do you have anything to say about this? So I just immediately, because like there was nothing to say. Yeah, you folded. Yeah, I folded. What are was, you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. So I was just like, there's nothing for me to deny here. Yeah. But what am I going to say? I was just, yo, that article copied me, Doug. Right. I, you know what? Thanks for bringing it to my attention. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, I just immediately apologized. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, yo, man, my bad. Like, I fucked up. And I literally told him, I, I was just like, stupid decision. You know, I have nothing to say for myself except I'm sorry. And it was a lazy decision. I really do enjoy your class, which I did. Right. I do like literature. Yeah. I just didn't want to write a paper. Fair. And I was like, I apologize. If you give me another shot, it will not happen again. Right. I'll write another paper and whatever. And then they did take like a disciplinary action. Like they, I was on some sort of probation. Okay. Like academic probation, right? He didn't like let it slide in terms of like he didn't tell anybody. Yeah. He had to report it to the administrative service. And then I may have exaggerated earlier when I said there was a whole hearing because I didn't actually have to go to anywhere. I think because I admitted it. So there wasn't a, a hearing would right. be if I had denied it, I think probably, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but my parents got like a letter and shit. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember your like noise violation letters that you have like taped up in your room. <laughs> I had so many of those. Oh my God. Yeah. You got like six. <laughs> Them or something you remember you remember the progression where yes where it would be like it would first be like dear and then it would have my full name yeah and then it would be like dear mister yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then eventually with just a first name basis yeah yeah, yeah. it would just be like yo dear 10 like, <laughs> we're boys now yeah please kind of. yeah please fucking stop <laughs> please shut the fuck up yeah we were in college man like freshman in college sleeping. yeah bro i was exactly the i was bumping the tunes i don't think i was bothering anybody except the ra yeah yeah you know what i mean because i'm actually i'm not the type of person to purposely bother somebody. Yeah, and, it's and just everyone's fact, up. Had any student actually come up to me and said, yo, dude, I'm trying to study or I'm whatever, I'm just trying to sleep. Like, can right. you drop that? I would have been like, hell yeah. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm certainly not a dick with my music or my noise or anything. And I, because I hate when people do that to me. Yeah, yeah, that much is clear. But 
Yeah, it was just the RAs. It's like the RA would pull up and be like, yo, you got to fucking... T-. RAs are just a buzzkill, man. They are. There's been a few cool ones, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. For we- the most point, you give someone some power. Give a kid some power. Yeah, yeah. My freshman year RA was definitely tripping a little bit but yeah we went down a rabbit hole of random stuff that has nothing to do with this case just because of the amount of sources that you yeah, had so, a lot of sources yeah sorry about that it's all good let's get back into it apologies in advance for any mispronunciations on may 23rd 2012 in the thickly forested village of hetwana Rigade district in india which is a small village roughly 52 kilometers away from the city of mumbai Badil, a social worker who was an active member of the community and often a bridge between the villagers and the police was walking around the forest to collect mangoes when something caught his eye now, it's important to note that these desolate forest areas in Hetwana were often used for unsavory activities by organized crime rings where dead bodies were abandoned, suicides were committed there as well, so the villagers had grown accustomed to these sightings. What Batil found fit right in, the burnt body of a woman. You know what's incredible just off the bat here? Yes. You saying that this is a place, an area mm-hmm. that was known for these sorts of terrible yeah. things. So if that's known you would have to wonder why the relevant authorities in that area were not patrolling that area regularly, right? Isn't that just your general common sense? Oh, this is a spot where lots of crimes take place. So we should probably monitor this spot a little bit more heavily. I mean, I understand that this was a small village, but if this guy is constantly like talking to the police in Mumbai, why aren't some of the officers from Mumbai stationed in these forests? Don't they have a local precinct? They have to. I mean, I'm sure they do, but this is not who the guy called. He called Mumbai police. He called Mumbai police. Right. But I'm saying in general, though. There should be somebody there. St- yeah, that's nuts, man. I mean, but that's kind of... You that's hear, kind of the story you, everywhere. You hear, you hear, you do hear that everywhere. I mean, even... Remember um, Dowdy Road, the place where they abandoned dogs in Texas all Dowdy the time? Dowdy Ferry Road, was yeah, it? Yeah, Dowdy Ferry Road. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, exactly, yeah. You, you see these heinous stories on all the time about people yeah like torturing animals there yeah and whatever and then but you're like okay why isn't anybody posted up there nobody's posted up there and volunteers had to raise money to install cameras to catch people because nobody fucking gave a shit yeah that's right so yeah so this is typical anyway carry on so he found a the burn body of a woman. Batil examined it and noted that her long hair was not completely charred. Some of the grass around the corpse had also burned, meaning the body was burnt right there as opposed to being burned elsewhere and dropped off into the forest. He also found a suitcase close by that he surmised was probably used to carry her dead body into the woods. Batil called the police. By the time it was found, the body had already started smelling. The officers managed to recover a couple of bones from the charred parts of the body and they buried the rest of the remains in the forest itself. This was not an unusual procedure and was how many unidentified bodies were treated. In fact, on many occasions, these abandoned bodies were never identified and justice was never served. Hold on. They found this body? Yes. And you're saying that the police buried? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just buried uh, on it. The they sp- took- on the spot? Yes. Exactly where it was, they buried it there. They took some bones to basically sent to a hospital to retrieve some DNA in an attempt to identify the body. Right, but that's just to identify the body. What about, what do you call it? Uh, a post-mortem, right? Is that what you call it? Like an, an autopsy? Uh, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what about an autopsy? Nah. So, all right, that's just them showing that they don't really care how this happened right. or who did it. Right. They just want to identify the body. Yeah, that's it. What the fuck? Yeah, and like what I said, type this of has perce- happened many Isn't times. It- Obviously, we don't know about the area that we're, you know, that this took place in. But yeah. I, 
over here, isn't it standard procedure that if you find a dead body, the authorities will conduct an autopsy? Right. That's what I believe. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And that you no, wouldn't. That you wouldn't. I mean, this is sus as fuck. She's completely burned. So like, why? Yeah. She was murdered. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. And then this and apparently like what you're saying is that that was commonplace. This is common. Yeah, this they happens. They were find, just finding bodies there and being like, all right, just bury it. Yeah. And we'll take a bone or two to figure out who this was. Yeah. So we could tell their family that they're dead. Yeah. If we can identify them in the first place, because you got to have them in the records. Right. To identify them. And half the time, justice wasn't served. Probably, if not, probably, most, this is probably, probably one of the few more times. Than, I, would, I yeah. would imagine if this was standard procedure, then more than half the time. Yeah, most of the time. Like, most of the time. Wow, okay, that's fucked up. It is fucked up. Three years later, on August 28, 2015, at 4am, Patil received a call from the Mumbai police asking him to show them where the charred body he found three years ago was buried. Patil told the police he'd show them. He expected a couple of police officers to show up. However, many officers showed up in multiple SUVs with equipment and a tractor to unearth the body. I'm very intrigued because normally these folks don't examine cases like three weeks after yeah. they're done they want to shut them as much as possible yeah did it end up that this person's family was looking into this and you're gonna find out okay Batil was shocked and knew this wasn't a run-of-the-mill missing persons case anymore the police dug up the body and while most of the bones were missing the ones in her arms were intact they collected whatever was available and left the scene before 7 a.m Batil was curious and asked one of the officers who the victim was to which one replied quote the name of the deceased is sheena bora indrani Mukherjee, wife of media tycoon peter Mukherjee, was arrested two days before in connection with this murder hold on so the victim's name is sheena bora mm -hmm. And a woman named Indrani Mukherjee was arrested in connection with this murder. Yes. So Indrani Mukherjee is potentially the murderer. Yes. Or murderess. Yes. Wow. Okay. We're going to get into it. And who is Sheena Bora? You're going to find out. Okay. Who were the Mukherjees? The couple was part of the elite upper class of Mumbai. They were rich, powerful, influential, and popular in the high circles of Mumbai. 45-year-old Peter Mukherjee was then the CEO of Star India, which was one of the nation's biggest media conglomerates. He was also, according to India Today magazine, at the time amongst the 50 most powerful people in India. How does one make that ranking? I wish I could tell you. Like, how does one quantify power? Is it is it like, I mean, just wealth? It could be like his overall influence, you know, like maybe based on how large this conglomerate was, how much money he has, how much influence he has over like other things. Right, right, right. I don't want to assume, but I'm assuming it's kind of like the Forbes list. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I mean, but like Forbes will have, you know, 30 under 30 or like, yeah, yeah. Or what do they call like top most influential people? Right, in, right, right. Yeah, I guess. How do you quantify influential as, as well? Right. Those things just always are slightly confusing to me. I mean, yeah, yeah. Not, I'm not knocking anybody that's on the list or whatever. I'm just saying that, yeah, how does one quantify what yeah, that is? Yeah, how do you define, how do you, well, how do you decide? Yeah, it, right, because it's one thing to say these are the top 50 richest people in right. the country. Or that's the top very clear. Wealthiest, yeah, you can figure that out. But yeah, how does one quantify power? That's a great it's question. It's like how many shooters you got, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> how many politicians you got in your back pocket? I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of it. Right. 
He was divorced and the father of two boys. In 2001, he met 30-year-old Indrani Bora, who founded and ran her own recruitment firm, INX Services Private Limited. The company had been founded in Kolkata, but Indrani moved to Mumbai because the firm's most important client, Reliance Industries, was located there. She was also a divorcee and a mother to a boy named Mikhail from her first relationship and a young girl named Vidhi from her second relationship and first marriage. Peter and Indrani fell in love and got married in 2002, which was also the same year she divorced her husband. Indrani's relatives didn't attend this wedding. Is that relevant? It's not necessarily relevant. Okay. They just fucking hated this relationship. Got it, got it. Okay, so it's relevant for that. They did not approve. They didn't approve. They also, yeah. Yeah, it will kind of come back later a little bit. Okay. So it's safe to say that Indrani's relatives were not feeling, what's my boy's name? Peter. They were not feeling Peter. Yeah, either that or the fact that she, you know, just got divorced, is getting married again. How is that possible? Right. They were looking down upon the... This is also her, like, now her third relationship. How dare she? Oh, this is her third? Yeah, yeah. Basically, her first, the boy Mikhail is from her first relationship. Vidhi is from her second relationship and first marriage. Oh, so Mikhail, it was a baby mama situation. Yes. Oh, I mean, that's probably a little bit rarer for India. Yeah, just so, because of the culture. Exactly. So that's probably part of why they didn't attend this wedding along with, you know. Yeah, her family probably hated her. Probably. And then, okay, but it turns out that she's also a murderer. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. In 2006, a 24-year-old girl named Sheena Bora came to stay with Indrani and Peter. She was introduced as Indrani's sister, who came all the way from Guwahati to pursue her degree at St. Xavier's College. Introduced as Indrani's sister, meaning that she wasn't. Meaning that you're going to find out. Don't want to spoil it for you too soon. But she told Peter that. Yes, she told Peter that. She was like, this is my sister. She's coming to stay here. Yes. Okay, but okay, let's find out who she was, though. Yeah. She graduated in 2009, after which she got a job as a management trainee at Reliance Infrastructure, which is an Indian private sector enterprise involved in power generation, infrastructure, construction, and defense, and is part of the Reliance Anil Ambani group. Okay, so that's a big deal. That is a big deal. That's the wealthiest family in India, correct? Yes, sir. In June 2011, she got a job as an assistant manager at Mumbai Metro One, which is part of the metro system for the city of Mumbai. While she spent time with the couple, she met Peter's son from his first wife, Rahul. The two fell in love and started dating. By 2012, they had fully moved in together and were discussing getting married, whether or not the parents approved. This is where things took a turn for Sheena. On April 24th, 2012, Sheena's boss at the Mumbai Metro received a resignation letter from her. He found this odd because he knew Sheena was totally into the job and it it didn't make sense for her to quit out of the blue. Yeah. Phony, (laughs) phony letter. Uh Uh-huh. And the same day, Rahul received an inexplicable breakup text from Sheena's phone. Oh, my God. Sheena's sudden and unexpected absence was explained by Indrani, who said Sheena had gone to the United States to pursue her higher studies. Without so much as a goodbye. Yes. And Sheena was never seen alive again. All right. So these people suck at covering up a murder. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, had there been competent authorities, they probably would have been caught at the very same time. Yeah, I totally agree. But... As every true crime case seems to go on this podcast, (laughs) incompetence is fucking key. Yeah, a key key factor would be competent authorities is key word. Yeah. It's just never the case that there are any for some reason. Your average person that you pick off the street would be able to tell you how to go about solving some of these crimes. Have you seen like 
the amount of people on the internet who have solved like cold cases yeah yeah <laughs> no it, there's reddit forums where people have yeah c- kind of done that and you know we've seen it on tiktok and stuff we've also seen people fake it on tiktok <laughs> the point remains though that some of the sleuthing that is needed to solve some of these cases is really just common sense yeah it doesn't take sherlock fucking holmes right you know to solve these cases it doesn't take brilliant deduction skills yeah because again this right here the fucking smoking guns are right in your face the phone resignation letter and the breakup text and then who's the one that made up the story about her going to america yeah probably the person that murdered her right yeah can you show us some evidence of her going, going to america to, yeah, a plane ticket yeah did know, she let did she let did she let call. somebody know that she arrived yeah <laughs> t- something yeah can we check the airport like just and literally right. if you ask the airline did this person because maybe they bought her a fake ticket right did this person board Oh, no. Oh, okay. Let's look into that. Yeah. Now, everybody believed this story except for Rahul. He couldn't understand how Sheena could talk about marriage and be so in love one day and then vanish another day without saying a proper goodbye. Rahul went to the Mumbai police and insisted they question Indrani. The officers went to Indrani's residence to question her. However, they were unable to meet her because the staff said she was out of town. Okay, so he he hears this, but he's obviously sus. Yeah, he's obviously sus. Of her. Yes. Goes to the police and he's like, hey, investigate this. Yes. And then they're just like, oh, we tried. She's out of town. Yeah. Got it. But then once she comes back, once Indrani returns, she goes to the police station and she complained that Rahul had been stalking Sheena and that's why she moved to That Rahul States. was stalking Sheena. Yeah. So she was like, no, this guy's a stalker. Sheena moved to just avoid him. So she's spinning her own yarn. Yes. Okay. She's really going for it. Nobody really did shit about this and a few years passed by. Right. So uh, it's around this time that Patil discovers the body in the yeah. forest, correct? Yeah. Right. Exactly. But at that time, didn't they take bones to try and identify the body? Yeah, but I guess they never came up with anything to identify the body. So She's right. probably not in the system, you know what I mean? I get, yeah, okay. I got to be honest, I'm not too sure how DNA tests work. Like, if you, like, do you already need to be a part of the system to be identified? Yeah, that's a good question, because what, what are they comparing it against? Or maybe those bones were just like, they didn't have, because they're burned too, right? Yeah. So maybe it wasn't enough to do a full ID, which is why they came back later for more bones. Yes, we're not forensics experts. Yeah, so, I'm not sure. Yeah, but if no. you are forensic expert please let us know how this comment, works comment below i know we can google but it's always good to know from a person who does it yeah okay so but regardless they didn't find it out at the time yeah her, her identity they did not and i would be willing to bet that even if they did have the ability to do so that they wouldn't have right you know, why are they going to trouble themselves I, i'm sure i'm imagining that these folks are just taking bones of unidentified bodies and tossing them into like a gigantic bin together <laughs> just mixing them up they don't give a fuck about who's who. i wouldn't be surprised because remember this happens all the time in that forest that's oh, what whatever. i'm saying yeah so it sounds like they clearly don't give a fuck about anything yeah a few years later on august 21st 2015 indrani's driver shayambar pinturam rai was arrested for possession of illegal weapons during his interrogation shayambar admitted to a crime that wasn't what the police was focusing on at the time and that was the murder of Sheena Bora. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. So, this guy just straight up confessed to this crime. Yeah. So they brought him in for possession of illegal weapons. Yep. I get. Let's let's rewind a second. Okay, How cool. did they find? Like, what was their reason for finding illegal weapons on him? Like, why they search this guy? I'm gonna be honest. I'm not 100 percent sure why, and I couldn't find anything okay. that explained so, why. So potentially, I'm just making shit up here. The different reasons could be number one, he's like speeding. Yeah. They pull him over, and then they find and then they're something. like, "Yo, yeah, sir, do you have any weapons in the car?" And he's like, "Yeah, they're all illegal." Um, he just, you know, gives it up. Or they're in plain sight and the, yeah, cop, the, the cops can seat. see them. Maybe he was harassing someone or threatening, committing some sort of an, another crime, some sort of petty crime, perhaps. Maybe he bought them from a person who they're investigating and they figured out, you know, 
that connection. Maybe, but then I, I don't think they would pursue a lead of like your customers. Or, ah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think that's a, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a poor suggestion, actually. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. Because <laughs> are you... Are you suggesting that he bought them from like an arms dealer and they have the big fish, the arms dealer, but they want to ask the arms dealer like, oh, who are the, like the bunch of punks that you sold guns to? We'd also like to go pick them up. It, it would be the reverse. They would, they would pick no, up the right, punk yeah. and then they'd be like, give up the arms dealer. <laughs> that's like, if they, that's like, th think about if they arrest a big drug dealer, they're not going to be like, tell us everybody that you sold yeah, drugs to. Yeah, they don't to. care about that. Yeah. They just try to get the kingpin. The, yeah, they just know that you're selling drugs and it's illegal. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, so they pick up Shyamba for some unknown, <laughs> for some unknown reason. For some unknown this man's reason. arrested. I don't know why this is funny. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's just a visual. It's just a visual. Because this is just so all over the place. It is. It's it, what's funny is the incompetence <laughs> yeah. of everyone. So they pick up Shyamba for some unknown reason. <laughs> yes. Let's just, for the sake of the podcast, say it's speeding. Okay. Okay. So they pick up Shyamba for speeding. They find illegal weapons on him. Yeah. Right. And they bring him in. Yeah. And they're, so you're telling me that during this interrogation, they're basically <laughs> like, hey, how did you come into possession of these illegal weapons? And his answer was, you know, a couple of years ago, I murdered Sheena Bora. Some way they got that answer out of him. Yes. Man folded and confessed. To so he guy. just went in and started singing. Yeah. Like he was like, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to tell y'all everything. So I'm, ima I'm imagining that Shyamber has like a very nervous disposition. And, and, and just for the last like three years. It's probably it was, eating away it, at it him. It was telltale heart style. Like you just yeah. couldn't wait to admit it to somebody because it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, obviously this also puts him in, an, in a position where he's like, well, now I'm going to flip basically. Right, I'm right. I'm former so, now. Right. But he's the one that did the murdering. No, oh, you're, he, about to, you're about to get the account. He's part of it though. His whole thing was he was responsible for transportation really. Of the body. Yeah. He's Indrani's driver. So Got it. he's going to be driving them around. So definitely fuck Shyamver too. Absolutely fuck him too. He waited three years to sing his song. Yeah. No. If he, first of all, if he was a good dude, he wouldn't have done it at all. No. He would have been like, oh, uh, let me go fucking tell the police. Yeah. Or if he felt in danger or whatever at the time, then he would have transported the body or whatever, but then he would have immediately gone to the police. Absolutely. Afterward, when he was, you know, out of the sight of Indrani and co. Yeah. And been like, hey, guys, this is what just happened. But obviously, he's a piece of shit. Yes. Uh, wow. Okay. So now he tells the police his story. So what is it? All right. Shyamver gave a detailed account of the murder to the police. He alleged that Indrani had planned it and had discussed it with her ex-husband, Sanjeev Khanna. This is husband, not first partner. This is second relationship. She discussed it with her ex-husband, Sanjeev Khanna. Yes. So she's still in touch with her ex-husband. At least for this. What the fuck? Yeah. So is Peter involved in this shit? They're going to ascertain that he might have been. This is such a... What a... It's just, of, I, this is why I have so many sources. It's actually incredibly confusing. Yeah. Okay. So that's the father of one of her kids. Yeah. The father of Vidhi. Got it. He alleged that Indrani had surveyed a likely area to dump the body the evening before the murder. On April 24th, 2012, Sanjeev had flown to Mumbai and checked into the Hotel Hilltop at Worli, which is a locality in central Mumbai. Shyamber alleged that Indrani had rented an Opal Corsa, which is a super mini car, to facilitate the abduction of Sheena and for disposal of her body. So he claims that Indrani had asked Sheena to meet her on the evening of April 24th, 2012, and though reluctant, she agreed. At about 6 p.m. on April 24th, 2012, he said Indrani was joined by Sanjeev at his hotel 
in Worley. An hour later, when Rahul Mukherjee dropped Sheena off near National College in Bandra, Shayamvar's account continued, alleging that Indrani sat next to him while Sheena was in the back seat next to Sanjeev. He said they took her to one of the by lanes in Bandra and Sanjeev strangled her. The police claimed that after the murder, Sheena's body was taken to Indrani's house at Worley, where it was put in a suitcase and stuffed in the trunk of the car. Now, Shyamvar alleged that Sanjeev left for his hotel while Indrani stayed at home, and Shyamvar slept inside the car with the body Sanjeev in the is trunk. in a hotel because he lives out of town? Yeah, yeah. So he flew into town for this. Yes, he, he came, flew into town. He came into town to do this murder. Yes. He lives in Kolkata. In the early morning of April 25th, 2012, he said the three accused drove to the village of Gogode, which is in a place called Regad. Since they were concerned about the possibility of police checks, they propped Sheena's body up between Indrani and Sanjeev in the back of the car to make it seem as if she was asleep. No fucking way. Yeah. Rather, so they like weekend at Bernie's this shit? Yes, yes. Rather than putting her body into the trunk of the car. Jeez. Yeah, they literally just put her in the middle. Disgusting. Vile. And at 4 p.m. on April 25th, 2012, police alleged that the three dragged the body out of the car in an isolated spot in the forest, stuffed it back into the suitcase, poured patrol over it and set it ablaze after the body was completely burnt they obviously left it there and then the accused returned to mumbai and sanjeev left mumbai and went back to kolkata later that day this was obviously the revelation that woke batal up at 4 a.m with that phone call requesting his help to unearth the body that was buried three years ago Right. Indrani was arrested on August 25, 2015, and was accused of murdering Sheena Bora. Sanjeev was arrested the next day and allegedly confessed to the charges. The same day, Indrani's son, Mikhail, revealed that Sheena was not Indrani's sister, but was in fact her daughter and his sister from her first relationship with a man named Siddharth Das. Holy shit. Yes. Holy shit. Yes. Hold up. Yeah. She's... So Sheena... Sheena. Is Indrani's daughter. Yes. First of all, I guess... Okay, I'm confused because if she's already coming in with kids from a previous marriage, mm -hmm. what's one more? Like, why would she care to hide I don't know that. And Mikhail is going to actually mention that as well, where like... What's the big deal? That we don't... Yeah, we don't know why. And she did this with Mikhail too, where she was introducing Sheena and Mikhail as... Siblings. Siblings versus children, which like... No, okay, I don't then, know why. And, okay, so fine let's say she's ashamed for whatever reason right she's saying it's her sister okay so i mean i get that it's weird mm -hmm. for sheena to be in a relationship with rahul yeah but they're not biologically related in any way shape or form right right so i mean yeah it is it is weird i'm not saying that it's not but well first of all it doesn't justify anybody murdering her. Absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? It does not justify that Absolutely in any way, not. shape, or form. Theoretically, it could justify the disapproval. Right. Um, but, but why the murder? But why, Yeah. I mean, even then, though, like I said, like, I mean, they're not biologically related. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not even, right. Not even at all. Indrani was known as Pari Bora at the time of this relationship. This relationship didn't last long, however, and she left Siddharth and entrusted her children with her own parents. She then married Sanjeev, with whom she had Vidhi, got divorced, and moved to Mumbai, where she changed her name from Pari to Indrani. Mikhail said of meeting Peter, quote, 
We met first time in 2005 in Kolkata, and she was hesitant to accept me and my sister Sheena as her daughter in front of Peter Mukherjee. She told that I live in a high-profile society, and it will give her a bad name. So she introduced us as her siblings. Nothing gives you as bad of a name as murdering your own child. That's a fact. He added, every time I asked my mom about Sheena, she told me that she's happily settled in the U.S. and doesn't want to contact you. I did not pressurize her because she threatens to stop my pocket money. Mikhail said that. Yes. So Mikhail was asking about where his sister was Mm -hmm. and she gave him the same yarn. Yes. Mikhail also revealed that Indrani and Sheena had a lot of conflicts. I don't know what these conflicts were about, but I think it's safe to assume that the relationship was one of them. So just to clarify, Mm -hmm. the entire time that she was with Peter. Yes. She led Peter to believe that Mikhail was her brother Mm -hmm. and Sheena was her sister. Yes. They're both her younger siblings. And she forced Mikhail to carry on this facade. Yeah, I'm not sure that Mikhail like came and met up with them all the time. But yeah, both of them were carrying Oh, he didn't live with them? No. He lived with his grandparents, his maternal grandparents in Assam. Got it. Mm -hmm. Which is also where Sheena lived until she came to live with them. Yes. The case was transferred from the Mumbai police to the CBI, Central Bureau of Investigation, in September 2015. On November 19th, 2015, Peter Mukherjee was arrested on charges related to Sheena's murder and was also accused of siphoning company funds into a bank account in Sheena's name in Singapore. Peter was? Yes. So now Peter's also looped into this. He was siphoning company funds into yeah. a fake account because it was in Sheena's name. Yeah. Now from January, this is the timeline. Obviously, this takes a long time. And it's still ongoing, but this is what we have. Here are the updates. From January to February 2017, this trial began and the CBI court charged Indrani, Peter, and Sanjeev with conspiracy, kidnapping, destroying evidence, and giving false information in addition to the murder of Sheena. In October 2019, Indrani and Peter decide they're done with their relationship and they were granted a divorce by the Mumbai family court. Are they not in jail? They are. Oh. They're being held in prison. And they divorced in prison. They divorced in prison. Okay. In March 2020, Peter Mukherjee was granted bail by a special CBI court as there was no evidence in his involvement in the crime. The court said, quote, there is no explanation put forth by the CBI as to why Peter was arraigned as accused in the case six months after the arrest of the other accused. So Peter got freed. Peter gets let out. Yes, he's granted bail. The court also refused to accept the prosecution's argument that Peter conspired to kill Sheena as he was unhappy with the relationship between her and his son Rahul. Quote by a judge, This court has perused various emails exchanged between the applicant and Rahul. It is difficult to infer that there was any criminal intent on part of Peter Mukherjee to indulge in the crime in question. Peter. Okay. The judge added the applicant was only trying to counsel his son, and be a responsible father. The court further took into consideration the fact that the trial was already underway. The well, hold up. Now, now that we're in this process here, in the court process, are we to understand mm-hmm. that the sole motivation for this murder was because Indrani did not want Sheena to end up with Rahul? There was also motive in terms of potentially money. So these were the alleged motives. Nobody knows of the actual motive because once again, Indrani is, she's saying she didn't do this, but these are what people think. Oh, she's maintained innocence the whole yes, time. She's not saying she's guilty. Right. First off was obviously that these two are step siblings. So that's potentially a problem. Then the second was if Rahul marries Sheena, then Peter's assets go to them. Sheena, once again, like we were talking about, Peter has no idea who 
Sheena is or anything about this past. So allegedly, Sheena was threatening that she was going to reveal these past relationships to Peter. So like she's allegedly threatening to expose Indrani. Right. And then the last one is apparently Sheena was demanding that Indrani give her an apartment in an elite area of Mumbai. And there's just a bunch of blackmail and threats. So like Indrani's like, I'm going to kill her because I don't want to deal with any of this. Got it. Okay. So potentially she was blackmailing her saying, if you don't give me XYZ, I'm going to yeah. out your story to Peter. Exactly. I mean, that's the only one that to me that makes any sense. Right. The order for Peter allowing him to make bail and not have to be a part of this anymore was this following quote the applicant is in jail since more than four years and has recently undergone a bypass surgery considering these circumstances this court is granting bail bail to indrani peter to peter we're still talking about peter okay so because of the bypass and also they could find no reason for him to be guilty yeah so they basically were like oh there's no reason we should have locked him up in the first place yeah so we're gonna let him out that's okay. That's interesting. It is. I mean, obviously, we don't want it, it. It actually does sound like maybe he didn't know anything about it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because I, it's, I think maybe this embezzlement thing could have been completely separate. I think in, you're right. In terms of like, if he's embezzling funds, he could have totally just opened up an account in someone else's name to yeah. a, obviously avoid suspicion. Right. It just so happened that the person whose name he opened the account in that his wife murdered that person. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't necessarily mean that he was in on it. Right. According to the CBI, though, Peter, along with Indrani and her previous husband, Sanjeev, entered into a criminal conspiracy to kill Sheena. In July 2021, the CBI court rejected Indrani's bail plea. As per media reports, she had filed at least four bail pleas by then, but all of them had been rejected. The CBI closed further investigation on the case in August 20. Do we have any explanation of like, okay, Indrani's maintaining innocence, correct? Yes. So what's her explanation then when they're like, hey, you said that this girl told you she flew to America mm-hmm. and now her body has ended up burned in these woods. Yeah. What, what do you think happened? She's just maintaining like she has no She's idea. Just, I don't know. She, she doesn't know. Yeah, she, she, told, she told to me she it. was going to America. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would really love to hear what she says to maintain innocence on this one. Yeah, I don't know. It's just extremely obvious that she's guilty. Yeah. Because she's the one that hatched up the cockamamie America story. (laughs) Right. Where the fuck did she get that from? And then she is the one that made up the cockamamie (laughs) America story. Yeah. So that's just, I mean, again, that's that's your smoking gun. Yeah. Right there. Because there's just no fucking way in hell. Yeah. it, it, It makes it makes sense. Yeah. The CBI closed further investigation on the case in August 2021. In February 2022, Indrani challenged the Mumbai High Court order of November 16th, 2021, where they denied her bail and filed an appeal with the Supreme Court. A three-judge bench agreed to hear the matter and issued notice to the CBI and the state government. On May 18th, 2022, the Supreme Court granted Indrani bail. That's disgusting. Yep. Saying, quote, 2022 was just the year of granting every guilty <laughs> party bail. Bail or release or acquittal, like whatever. It's just like if you committed some sort of a heinous act in, in, in previous years, 2022 was your year to get out of prison. It's the year of the freebies. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. 
Yeah. So, and what grounds did they free her? Quote, we are granting bail to Indrani Mukherjee. 6.5 years is too long a time. Indra- For murder? <laughs> yeah. Indrani's lawyer argued that she is suffering from cerebral disease and the trial would not end even in the next 10 years. The Supreme Court agreed that she was entitled to bail as she had already spent too long a time in prison and her bail okay, was so granted. She, so she's out on bail, but she's not free of the charges. Yeah, she's not free of the charge. She's just out on bail. Right. Which is still like... So meaning she was, she was served. <laughs> Serving time in prison pending yeah, trial. Exactly. And so she's on bail now. And this trial is just ongoing. It's been going on forever. Still. Still. It's still ongoing. Okay. Her bail has been granted with conditions like not leaving the country and not contacting witnesses. She obviously can't talk about the case in interviews. Right. Here, she, get, she should get her on the podcast. <laughs> we should. <laughs> Be like, hey, what's your story about this America thing? Yeah. You want to explain to us? Okay. Here's a quote from the three-judge bench. We are not making comments on the merits of the case as it might be detrimental to the interests of the parties. Taking into account that the petitioner has been in custody for six and a half years, and even if 50% witnesses are given by prosecution, the trial would not be over soon. We are all of the considered view that the petitioner is entitled to be released on bail. Entitled for what real reason beyond claiming that six and a half years is too long to be in prison for someone, I guess? That's crazy, especially... Someone that potentially murdered their own child. Yeah. They murdered anybody, but murdered their own child. Yeah. It's heinous. Yeah. And the CBI agrees with you because they oppose the Supreme Court's decision saying Indrani has committed, quote, a heinous act of planning and killing her own daughter. And such a gruesome act does not deserve leniency. They're correct. It does not. Yes. The affidavit stated there is every apprehension that she will threaten, intimidate, or induce the prosecution witnesses, will tamper with the evidence, and will abscond if enlarged on bail. I could totally see her like paying off some goons to yeah. go threaten witnesses. Definitely. Right? Because she got they got money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So probably she would do that. Yeah. Further, CBI has not filed a closure report as alleged. Only further investigation has been concluded. Charge sheets have already been filed in the trial court. Indrani walked out of jail on May 20th, 2022, wearing a white silver kameez. She waved at the people who were outside waiting and got into a Mercedes Benz and rolled out. Who was outside waiting? media and people who are just like there to watch okay because i was gonna say when you say she waved at them that leads me to believe that they were indrani supporters oh no it's media they're just covering the case yeah and she just thought she was a celeb and she waved at them yeah she waved at them she's just like thrilled to be out got it in an interview indrani said quote after i was arrested i felt a huge sense of disappointment is this interview post-release yes okay I was put through a massive media trial, which was very hurtful. And since I was in judicial custody, I was not in a position to give my side of the story to anyone. Everyone has already decided that I was guilty. It took a toll on my emotional well-being. My confidence levels have plummeted. I realized people will do what they have to, but I have to stay positive and face the challenges. And to do that, I need to forgive all the people and act constructively. She also said that, quote, it was strange to be able to sleep on a bed after sleeping on the ground for six years. Apprehensive about the course of law and how long it's taken for her to be released on bail, she added, quote, now that I'm out, I want to do all that I had wished to do because I don't know how tomorrow will be. I am, of course, having a positive attitude too. She also said not having her family members visit her while she was in prison really affected her morale and that she felt abandoned. She said that this seemed to be the case for 90% of women in prisons who are, quote, deserted by their families. Who did she expect to visit her exactly? Peter's family went to visit Peter all the time and they didn't come to like 
say hi to her so she's just like oh well first of all me. peter and her divorced yeah but i guess like when they weren't divorced but they're not even in the same like prison. facility <laughs> I, I can't imagine so okay man whatever her whole statement was stupid yeah she does plan to raise money to help women prisoners okay does she plan to raise money to help people who were murdered by their moms <laughs> well this is her big act of giving back okay Indrani's ex-husband, Sanjeev Khanna, was granted bail in June 2022. And her driver, Shayamvar, was granted bail in August 2022. So the whole crew has been granted bail. Got it. Has anyone absconded? No one has absconded yet. Shocking. I know. On April 12th, 2023, the CBI submitted a list of 92 witnesses, including forensic and medical experts. Oh, experts. shit. That's a lot of witnesses. It's a lot of witnesses. 70 witnesses have already stood trial, including Rahul, who got into many spats with Indrani's lawyer, who tried to pin this crime on him. Tried to pin it on Rahul. Yeah, or tried to make him seem like he was somehow involved or guilty. Indrani's lawyer asked if he and Sheena had filed a police complaint since Rahul claimed that Sheena was allegedly scared to go home for the last time or meet her mom for the last time not really home rahul said quote we didn't file any police complaint that sheena was scared to go to guwati when the lawyer asked rahul if there was anything to show that sheena was scared apart from his own words rahul burst out maybe ask your client where sheena is to which the lawyer said maybe we dig your backyard in dehradun and find sheena's skeleton there they already found sheena's skeleton yeah. in a forest yeah so, so this so, is what he's attempting to do. It makes no sense. Okay, so the lawyer is a complete fucking buffoon. <laughs> that statement, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. It's flab it is flabbergasting. I had to keep it in because it was just so shocking that so, this is even happening. Did he say this like in a public forum, like in a yes. courtroom? This was in a courtroom. This is literally an article. So, so a judge and jury are sitting there and they're listening to this man... <laughs> basically admit that he's not even aware to the full facts of the case that he is defending yes he's there to defend his client which is indrani and he is unaware that the body has been found already either that or he's trying to pretend that's not the body <laughs> i really am blown away by that yeah i was too that's why i left it in here i was like oh my goodness this i mean is nuts i think just that alone is an implication that his client is guilty <laughs> i mean just that alone <laughs> If I was Indrani, I would sue that motherfucker for malpractice. Yeah. Because that, I don't even know. Wow. A CBI judge tried calming both sides down and asked Rahul if he needed some rest, to which Rahul said, I would like to take a rest. This has been going on since June. This was like way back when this started. For you guys, it's a joke. For me, it's personal. This trial is still ongoing and may Sheena rest in peace. Wow. Well, yeah, definitely may Sheena rest in peace she did not deserve this absolutely not this is really fucked up i feel really sad for rahul i know really fucked up case a lot of details at least even though it was quite a bit later the authorities did investigate yeah they did and they did bring these people to trial um right i guess it remains to be seen whether they will face justice yeah right my hopes are not high for that What's well if they're guilty which it seems like they are fuck them all I hope they face justice. Absolutely. And I hope it doesn't take too long. It's taken so long already. And once they do face justice, I hope they don't get out on appeal. Yep. As seems to be so common. So common. Whatever the motive here is disgusting. It doesn't make Cause like, any sense. Yeah. I mean, first of all, yeah, for you to be... So let's, let's, let's say it was the blackmail thing. Right. And she was just like, well, listen, you have this thing that you want to keep secret and I'll out you. Right? Right. Her answer should just be like... 
it's just stupid for you to be ashamed in the first place. Like, yeah, why why'd you, you could have just been like, okay, say my secret. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Yeah, like who really gives a shit? Yeah, and then she could have just gone home and told Peter. Right. Here's the thing that I lied about. And then look, if that affected your relationship, well, fucking you lied. So yeah. you, sometimes there's consequences to face for that. Maybe, That's facts. Maybe it's not that he had a problem with the fact that you had a kid before. It's just that you lied. Right. Because, you know, if you lie about this, what else do you lie about? Right. But whatever it was, doesn't fucking justify murder no definitely does not justify the murder so. absolutely not yeah well this is a very sad case so i i hope she gets justice absolutely as she deserves yep well that about wraps it up for another episode of ectoplasm and evil we'll see you next time or will we ah. 